everybody, I'm Mrs. Kaji Pacheco, and welcome to D-Block Talk, the only podcast featuring your New Bedford High School performing arts teachers. I'm here with Mr. Mason, Mr. Pacheco, Mr. Landel, Ms. Donnelly, and Mrs. Dandino. This is episode five. If you're new to our podcast, be sure to check out our previous episodes on podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, and officially we're on Spotify, guys. Ooh, we made it. We've really made it now. How's everybody doing today? Um, I'm good. I like my yard. Uh, Tim, I'm going to interrupt you because I can hear the birds again. Oh, sweet. Should I keep them in there? Because I said I like my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll close the window now, but let's keep it in there. Okay. Langel here. Um, so I have transitioned from baking to now gardening um and i have been doing a lot of uh gardening this past week and yeah it's crazy but i'm doing okay i'm so this here uh, i'm not doing anything in the yard because there are bugs out there uh instead i've been sketching <laughs> I've, I've always been a little sketchy but i've been sketching wonderful um sketches are great they are, they are really lovely. Thank you. As you guys have been making your way outside, I have been making my way inside away from the warm weather and the humidity. <laughs> uh, and today I made whipped coffee, got on that train. It's delicious. I've been doing really good, um, mostly just hanging out with my cats and taking more walks. Nice. Pachico here, doing pretty well. I've uh, been doing a lot of uh, listening. It's, uh, you know, marching band drum corps season and i'm missing it pretty hard this this year this time of the year uh so i'm listening to a lot of videos and uh, it's a good time we have some more news to share today from our band director hey band are you interested in being a drum major or a member of the student leadership team if so check out our teams or the links on remind for more info Wow, drum major time and student leadership time already. We're here at the end of May, folks. Wrapping up the school year again, ready for next year. I love it. Um, while we're talking about school stuff, I thought it would be interesting for everyone today to share a little story about your favorite teacher. Okay, so like always, I can't choose ever. So I have two. So in high school, I have this teacher, Mr. Houston. Not the Mr. Houston from MBHS, but a different Mr. Houston. Um, he taught U.S. history and economics, and he really ingrained a sense of duty and respect in me through his classes. So it wasn't just about history or economics. It was about being a citizen, being a person, being a human. And it was he was really energetic and exciting. And I think I tried to bring that to some of my teaching as well. And the second teacher is Andy McWain at UMass Dartmouth. Um, he was the professor of jazz like theory, jazz piano. He ran the bebop ensembles. He is a cool guy. And if you ever have a class or meet Andy, you'll see how much he had an impact on me because I'm basically like a clone. For a while, we had the same hairstyle and goatee. Um, like I use all of his teaching strategies when I teach improvisation. He, he just has been doing it for so long and it's so natural. And I really am a believer in some of the things that he taught me. So I really appreciate those two teachers throughout the years. Mason, you said you're a clone. Uh, you know, do they do the t-shirts, shorts, the whole thing? Or... Yeah, so that part he always made fun of me for because he was always like a, a gray 
jean black shoe with steel toed kind of guy so it, the the wardrobe is different but the face the facial hair and the mannerisms and the quotes like when i ever when you ever hear me say like you guys even like music anymore or like you're freaking out stop that's all andy i love those quotes <laughs> those are all hilarious thank you so my favorite teacher that was it's really hard to obviously pick one but i have to go with um dr david rocks i uh, recently retired from gordon college um i picked dr rocks because he is and always was i actually just sent him an email the other day to send and just to uh, just share how i'm doing and he always likes to check up on his students and see how they're how they are but he was always just a pillar of of kindness um and knowledge so we could always go into his office and he has the same just very mr rogersy just demeanor um and you could never really disappoint him i mean you never wanted to disappoint him so he, you know, he would always encourage you, always meet you where you were at, even if you weren't like the smartest in the class or you were the like the highest achiever in the class. He treated everyone the same and he always just wanted to see you do your personal best. And, uh, you know, I think about some of the, the stupid things I did or, you know, choices I made or some of the mistakes I made. And I never felt like I was like I was dumb. He just told showed me how far I could go. And I always felt encouraged and wanted to get better. And it was that that's just environment that like you would walk into the room and you would feel that it was like tangible, just like warmth. And that was something that's just, that's just wisdom. And that's just goodness. You know, um, he never like just, he never yelled at people, but he would get what he wanted to from his students. Um, he was the band director and the, 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 the wind ensemble director and the jazz director at, at Gordon. Um, he would get his results from his students because people wanted to achieve for him. And that's just something that I, I hold on all the time. Hearing you tell a story like you can tell, I think you bring some of that into your teaching as well. Oh, thanks, man. You're welcome, bud. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of like Tim. I can't, I have to have two on my list. Uh, my senior year English teacher at New Bedford High, uh, Mr. Robert J. Braz, and he made me feel like I had worth outside of the music department. I love that. He also cared very much about his students outside of the classroom. He would attend the drama club productions. He, if there were anything uh, listed in either the newspaper, some kind of an article put up about a student, he had one bulletin board in his room that was entitled Kudos. And so he would post things, and at the start of each class, he would call everyone's attention to whatever had been posted. So he really tried to make a community feeling in the classroom, but also letting you know that he was proud of what you did outside of his room as well. Um, but the second person was my elementary music teacher. And she was also the head of the fine arts department. Actually, our music suite has the plaque. It's named after her, Susan E. Lawrence. She um, is interesting because in elementary school, I was a very quiet child, um, whether you can believe that or not. <laughs> we were doing a round she had split our group into three sections and she looked into my group and was saying well we're not we're not going to hear anything over here well I, I guess you shouldn't tell me i can't do something because then i sang so loud you couldn't hear anybody else and <laughs> um yeah so, and I, I made a little connection there but then when uh when she became the director of the arts uh music department uh when i was in high school and I went to uh, All Honors Choir with another student, Tony Furtado, from New Bedford High School. And we went to Philadelphia. 
she drove us when teachers were allowed to drive students to events and drove us to Philadelphia, but she didn't just drop us off at the hotel and say, bye, you know, see you later. She would make sure that she was there at the end of every single meeting to take us to the different sites in Philadelphia. Uh, she, so I got to see the Liberty Bell. I got to go to the Ben Franklin Museum. That's so cool. Uh, we got to go to fancy restaurants instead of eating whatever prepared, you know, garbagey meal that they would have given us. Um, I had turtle soup. Um, <laughs> what? And yeah, um, and that, okay. That was yeah, my first great. experience. So good. Turtle soup is good. <laughs> Guys, we're gonna have a lot of angry vegans on our. That sounds awful. Oh no, no, it really, really, no, no, it's it's it has a chicken texture. You mean like um, turtle ice cream? Because that stuff's pretty delicious, man. No. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. The turtle soup was good too. But it was also my first experience with Mexican food. I don't know Philadelphia and Mexico. I don't know why, but that was that. Lynn, I think you blew some kid's mind just then when you said like your director drove you around and took you to see the sights and brought you to dinner. I think you had set yeah. a pretty high standard there. <laughs> I know. Well, we we're not allowed to anymore. But That's a shame. Times have changed, man. <laughs> oh, they have. They have. Um, like everyone has said, it is so difficult just to choose one. Um, and I cheat a little bit for one of the favorite teachers that I've chosen because I have a couple of teachers in my family who were really influential in my decision to be a teacher. Um, and one of them was absolutely my Uncle Tom, Tom Kadju, uh, who is a fairly recent retiree of the Dartmouth school system. Um, he was a history teacher, and I fought my way to get into his class in high school because he was by far the best history teacher. Um, everybody said so. And I was always very, very proud to like have the same last name and to be related to him because he was just so cool. Um, but I really took a lot from his class and not just history related. Like I can tell you all of the facts about American history from, uh, the late 1700s to the mid 1900s. Dude, same. What is it about history teachers? I don't know. I don't know. I just love it. And he's, he was just so engaging and knowing that I was going to be a teacher, I really took a lot of his like teaching strategies away. Um, he was always so excited about his subject matter. And what I really, really learned from him was how to be respectful and encouraging to all students, not just the highest achieving ones, not just the ones that were into the content. Um, and just to like treat high school students like people. And I find that that has really, really helped me build my rapport with my students. Um, and it all comes from him. And it all just, it comes from the wonderful example that he set for me. And he's just fantastic. Um, but the other person that I really wanted to mention wasn't even necessarily a teacher, but I learned so much from her. Um, her name's Sharon Duffy. And at the time, she worked in the student life office um, as like the associate dean. I don't even know what her title was at the time, but now she's the assistant vice president for student success at Emerson. And she was just a fantastic mentor. She taught me a lot about um, being professional. And I know you guys kind of are driven nuts by my attention to detail and my insistence on organization and like setting the bar really, really high for being thorough. And that all comes from her I learned through working with her on new student orientation and on commencement and on student government association, um, just how important it is to make sure that the, all your ducks are in a row and how to think about every possible outcome and plan for every possible outcome. And that if you do that, running the event is so much easier and so much less stress. So I've taken that tactic in my entire life. Um, I plan my wedding with that tactic. I plan 
my shows, you guys know I plan our events with that tactic and it just, it makes so much sense. And I really appreciate that she was able to provide that for me and we've stayed in touch and she's a wonderful person and I adore her and still just reaches out to say like, Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? And I think that's another important like aspect is just because these students are not in our classroom or in our offices anymore. They don't stop being our kids. Students for life. So for me, I also, it is hard because high school is such a different time in a person's life than college is. So picking one for all those years is very hard. Um, So I'll pick one from each. Um, Mr. Drury, 12th grade AP English um, was, is a favorite of mine because for most of high school, I really thought that I got by on being really good at following directions and less on being like intelligent, but he actually showed me that it, like I am smart and I don't actually know why I felt that way, but I don't know. He spent a lot of time with me to help me feel like a smart person and not just good at following directions. Um, and actually one of the books that we went over in that class was one of the books I had to write a 10 page paper on in my freshman English, like general requirement class, which I wrote without even rereading the book because I, it like had stuck so much with me and I got like a hundred on that paper. Um, so that's kind of like an impact that that person made on me. And then for college, it would be um, Ellen Brody, who was pretty much my advisor for college. So I was with her for all four years and she was always excited about all of my ideas for like shows that I would direct or um, well, I even, did direct a show there and it was also like she was always so excited and very encouraging and would never make you feel like your ideas are too out there or she could she just had a way about making people feel confident and happy um but also she checks on people after college and um she even invited me to like tour the new building because they built a new building after I graduated and to say hi to all the people that are there now. It was really, it's really cool. That's super cool. So guys, I feel a little blessed because my favorite teachers definitely are, you know, some of the band people that I had in my time, elementary through college. But my, the person that had the most impact on me was also a legend in the band world. And I had the pleasure of having him as a, as a professor as a director for four years, uh, just shortly before he uh, passed away. Uh, George Parks was the marching band director at UMass Amherst. And some of you who may not know, I was uh, one of the first in my family to go to college. And I, you know, when I was thinking about majors, I I knew I wanted to go into band, I wanted to be a a director. And I just, you know, was looking at places that had a great band but I didn't really necessarily know about the different teachers or directors. I didn't really do that kind of research. And when I got there, uh, UMass Amherst, band camp, week one, and here is this, you know, super energetic, charismatic, caring, loving person that just absolutely changed my life. Uh, you know, I'm so glad to have known him and, and anyone who has, uh, you know, he you know, did drum major academy. He started drum major academy and 
They now still continue to teach thousands of, of drum majors uh, throughout the country. And he had, you know, anywhere between three and 400 students in the UMass marching band, especially in those last, you know, 20, 30 years, last 20 years or so. Um, anybody that knows him knows how much of an impact he had on all of his students. And I know that I part of my success as a d- director or even just the fact that I was able to get through college and become the first person in my family to get a bachelor's degree, I you know attribute some of that success to George Parks. And some of you guys, this actually, I'm not sure how many people I even know this. Uh, he was actually one of my references when I you know applied to be a band director here in New Bedford. And I remember. I got the opportunity to talk to him and I says, you know, I, I really appreciate your reference. And, uh, and he said, Oh, absolutely, Matthew, not a problem. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He had this way of just like including, you know, everyone in the process, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes we all have, you know, 30 person music classes or 50, 60 people are ensembles. You know, he generally had 400 in the UMass marching band. And he was able to connect with everybody and make everyone feel a part of the team. So I take a lot of that inspiration. I'm so glad to have known him. My life is definitely better because of my time with him. And I hope to impart a lot of the wisdom and experience that I got from him onto my program and all of the students that I will teach have taught uh, over the years. I think about legacy and how much impact he's had directly and indirectly on music programs across the country. Yeah, legacy is is the right word because I didn't go to UMass, but I knew who he was um, because my high school band director, Mr. Madrigal, took a lot of what he did um, from being good friends um, with Mr. Parks. And he, like, legendary is absolutely the right word. I think it's important, though, to think about that word legacy because it's not just about our successes, right? I mean, George, if George Parks, you know, as successful as he was, but he didn't make you want to be the best person you could be, but also like you felt so touched by him and like encouraged by him. Like you could have been like, wow, he was really successful, but I hated him. And he, you know, he always made me feel bad about myself. Like, no, he inspired you and made you want to be better every single day. So it's like sometimes in life, we're constantly trying to get all these more, you know, another award on our wall or, you know, another accolade or certificate. Um, but no one remembers that. Like, no one cares. <laughs> they, they just care how you made them feel. How you treat people, yeah. Absolutely. He was definitely all about building community, too. He, you know, it was not just about marching man, even though that was 100% what he did. Cool. All right, guys. You guys ready to change it up? Always. Yes. Yeah, let's go. All right. So I think we should do something a little different. I think we should do a game of Would You Rather. The questions are going to be asked and there are going to be two responses. You pick one or the other, and they're typically, uh, you know, very much opposed. So I'm really interested to hear your responses. You guys ready? Yep. I think so. Hey. All right. Mm-hmm. Would you rather live in the ocean or on the moon? Mason. Ocean, hands down. Ocean, for sure. I actually got to go moon on this. The universe is, um, like, amazing. I mean, come on. Think about it. Like, it's just never ending. <laughs> I got to go ocean. Moon, the ocean's too deep and that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) How is it deeper than the universe? (laughs) I would say ocean. It's my favorite thing, actually. 
I could be a mer person for sure. Me too. Nice, nice. All right, next one. Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants? Mason, you're up. Ancestors, I don't want anybody to know what I've done, and I don't want to see my legacy. I want it to just be whatever it's going to be. Yeah, I got to uh, go with you on that, especially you and I. We have so much American history going through our, our veins. I'd like to you know, oh, yeah. meet some you know, past presidents and stuff like that and see what's going on. Oh, I want, I want to go to the future. I want to see beyond my time. Yeah, Sam, I want to meet my descendants and make sure that those people are on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Imagine the pressure of having Sarah come to the future to check on you. Hey, what are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> She's great, great, great grandma. I say ancestors. I feel like theoretically I could potentially meet my future descendants. You know, technology could oh. advance. Oh, wow. I don't think it would be possible for me to meet all my ancestors in Portugal because they're probably all named João or Jose or <laughs> Manny. Like, That's a fair point. So I would, I would have to go to the future. All right, number three. Would you rather have invisibility as a superpower or the power of flight? Uh, flight. i got to be a creep on this one. Invisibility. Got away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I want to fly. I want to fly. I got to go with invisibility. I would probably be too afraid to fly. <laughs> Just screaming while you're going through the, <laughs> the clouds. I'm also going to go with invisibility. Flying is also scary. Just think about how many awkward situations you could get out of with invisibility. You fly away. This is awkward. Boom. See you later. You could get weird and then just boom, gone. Like, oop, out of that one. Yeah, but you could fly away, right? Like, yeah, oh, but no, but like, no one would notice. You're, I mean, if you, have, you can't fly out of a room without people noticing. <laughs> Got a blast. I think people would know, right? I think people would know you have a superpower. Like, it wouldn't be just like, <laughs> you would just be sitting in the conference room in a meeting. Just boom, you're invisible. Like, where's you go? You betcha I would. That's I wouldn't exactly tell what anybody. I would, do. I would just like, oh, I would like to turn a corner and just be gone. Be like, see you. Yep. Think of any awkward situation. It can totally be solved by someone seeing you fly away. <laughs> They're like, hey, oh, I, guess I, just, I just don't think we're working out, and I just need to shoosh. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move. It. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. I think I know the answer for for this one. But the next one says, "Would you rather live where it only snows or where the temperature never falls below hundred degrees?" Oh my god. Irrelevant. There's climate control in both scenarios. I choose snow. Yeah, I gotta go with the snow on that one. Okay. Now, see, I'm, are we talking like a light dusting of snow um, every day, or blizzards every no. day? It's just, no, it's just, no rain. It's, it's just snowing all the time, just all day, every day. On the opposite side, if it ever falls <laughs> below 100 degrees, it's just 100 plus all day, all morning, all afternoon, yeah, but, all night. Okay. Is that with humidity or is it just hot? Because the humidity makes a whole. It's the humidity that gets you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the not answering. Not a qualifier, so. No, I guess. no, I abstain. I'm not answering. That's it. Done. Okay. <laughs> this is not even a question. Snow. I didn't need to answer. You already knew. If you guys don't already know, Miss Chico would live in an igloo on the North yep. Pole. Uh, you know, far away from everybody, and it just have blizzard conditions all day, all night. Yep. So. Yep. Dream. I would pick the heat. <gasps> wow. wow. Dun, dun, dun. We have a drama feud starting. You will <laughs> love teaching in New Bedford High School. Yes, <laughs> seriously. <laughs>
Here's the next one. You ready? Would you rather always be slightly late or super early? I know what Langel's going to pick. I'm going to say super early. What? Super early? What would you? No, slightly late because you're always slightly late. Yeah, I know, but I wish I was super early. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't mean I, I could rather. Apologies. I would. I, I hate being late. Oh my gosh, I hate it. I'm I'm always super early, so that's my answer. Um, I am already always slightly late, and it's annoying, but it works for me, so I'm just gonna keep it up. I would like to be super early. All right, I gotta tell you, I, I was thinking about this. It depends on the situation. If it's work related, I'd rather be super early. But if it's friends related, no one wants to go to the party like super early. Like if they tell you a barbecue's gonna start at three. You don't want to be that guy that shows up at like noon, two. right? Yeah, yeah. Like two o'clock. Like you'd rather be a little bit slightly late. That's what I think. All right, next one. Would you rather give up your smartphone or your computer? Computer. Um, this is. I'd have to say I'd rather give up my smartphone because our smartphones are just making me super depressed, and I just scroll all the time. So if I just had a computer, I would probably just love my life. I'd get rid of my computer. I don't know how to use it half the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'd get rid of the computer. and smartphone is a computer, so it's fine. I would get rid of the smartphone. Thank you. I only got one reluctantly. <laughs> All right, next. Would you rather live without heat and AC or live without social media? All right, bye Facebook, bye Instagram, bye everybody. Don't care. See you later. Heat and AC need to be in my life. Same. Right there with you. Yeah, same. I don't, social media can go. I, I, heat, I could give, take or leave, but I need the AC. <laughs> uh, also, social media can go. Nice. I'd be interested to hear what everyone else has to say on that one. Next, would you rather be able to run 100 miles per hour or fly at 10 <laughs> miles per hour? All right. So does this take the same amount of physical energy as actually running now? Or is this like you just effortlessly fly? I think I assume that in either scenario, you're cool as a kitten. You're absolutely fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would for sure fly 10 miles an hour effortlessly (laughs) rather than run 100 miles an hour effortlessly. Because if I still had to run, I mean, I'm flying faster than I'm running right now anyway. It's just it's just so slow. You're like a, a blimp. You're like, you're like hey, I'll, I'll be there. Now, now that's an awkward situation. Ten miles per hour is definitely faster than what we normally do when we walk. Like think about like when you walk around the Bedford High School, you're like walking at like point one miles per hour. No, the average walking rate is like three miles an hour. Yeah, but have yeah. you seen someone drive 10 miles per hour? So if you're like, oh, I'm going to go down to the store, it's like an old grandma. <laughs> if you're just like, la, 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 like just, okay. you can look up in the sky and see this little, <laughs> like just. You can still drive. Yeah, um, but you, I mean, <laughs> come on, you could still fly 10 miles per hour and get to Boston faster than you can drive it. Ooh. So, traffic. Ooh. Or, but if, you could, but if you could run 100 miles per hour, I mean, hopefully you can dodge stuff, right? Like, or do you need a straight oh, track? Oh, like, are you going to run to a tree? <laughs> <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I hope you'd be able to figure it out by that point. Like, if you can run 100 miles per hour, I think you would assume that. Like the flash. He doesn't run into stuff, right? Uh, I got to go 100 miles per hour because I think that you could actually make some money off being able to run 100 miles per hour. Like, Olympics, here I come. You're hustling people to track. Yep. (laughs) Oh, no. I I just want to fly. It's not ready for that. I just want to fly and gaze and, you know, (laughs) we don't get to see things. Yeah. (laughs) 
I just don't think you guys realize how slow Ten Miles Per Hour really is. No, <laughs> you guys just gonna be like, I'm flying. Ten Miles Per Hour, you're so stuck on that. Let, like. me, let me just let, hear me out. Hear me out. The average, like the the standard, is like a ten minute mile for people who don't normally run. Right? That's like if you're hitting a ten minute mile, you're doing okay, right? <laughs> so, like that's. <laughs> I don't know what is that? Is that's I don't know how many miles an hour that's that six six this miles an hour. Great mathematical. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's six miles an hour, right? Fair. A ten minute mile is six miles an hour. So flying ten miles an hour is flying faster than jogging. Yeah. Do you know how slow I jog when I do and I run around that speed? Like I'm just saying, guys. Next time you're going to the supermarket, I want you to drive ten miles per hour on some side road and be like, oh god, <laughs> like really? <laughs> like you're you basically will be a like a. A, a parade. But Langel, when, when you're driving, you can only see that little bit of road or whatever. If you're flying, you have this amazing view of so much. You can oh, see. so true. I know. But I'm just saying. And everything's shorter as the crow flies. How long? Yeah, I know. But like, you'd be like, wow, look at this view. And then you'd just be like, oh, God, it's still going to take me like to, uh, 45 minutes to our crew. All right. You're just sitting yeah, there like, la, da, da. Yeah, but if you're flying, <laughs> if so you're wait, flying, Landville, right, you can Landville. still have like a snack. Are you anti hot air balloon? Uh huh. <laughs> Who's pro hot air balloon? Because you're assuming this is a political position. <laughs> you anti hot balloon. air balloon. You cannot be. We're gonna have to take you off the podcast. Anti balloon. Listen, hear me out. Because you're assuming that both of these, this running and this flying, is a means of travel. What if it's just like a hobby? I don't if like I choose hot flying, air balloons. I'm not flying high enough to see anything. I'm gonna fly like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I have to go to work, I'm still going to drive. I think that's still okay, right. <laughs> the speed, the 10 miles think, per hour speed isn't isn't the thing here. It's the being able to so, fly. Yes, I, I know. Imagine the places you could go. You can go literally anywhere. You can go anywhere. It's an important Tops factor. Tops buildings, mountains, the middle of the ocean. Let me just address the question brought by the by the gentlewoman in the corner. I am, I am anti-hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I am against hot air balloons. I, I love you, Langel, but still, if you could run 100 miles per hour, you would still be slightly late to things. Oh, nice one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, like, to answer, I don't care about either of these things. I want somebody else to do all of them. Like, I just want to be driven places, so I don't have an answer. Like, I don't want to have a chauffeur that drives 100 miles an hour or flies 10 miles an hour. Wait, exactly. I I do have a game-changing question, though. Can when you're flying, does it take physical effort, or are you just floating around? Asked and answered. Asked and answered. Yeah, cool as a kitten. Oh, oh, both are cool as a kitten. Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't want to do it. So. <laughs> cool as a kitten. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Effortless, it's effortless, but you're still out. You'd be one grumpy looking person flying by at ten slowly <laughs> at ten miles per hour, just being with like a, with a uh, scarf, with a scarf, sunglasses, uh, and ice coffee. Just like, uh. Yep, exactly. Scarf, sunglasses, ice coffee. Just floating around. <laughs> yep. So taking everything everybody has just said into account, I would still like to run 100 miles yes. an Alright, that's fair. That's fair. We want to hear what you think about the Would You Rather questions. Find us on social media to vote in the polls. Just some academic reminders. Senior final grades close this week and underclassmen progress report grades close this week. Also, the end-of-year performance assessment for underclassmen is due next Thursday, June 4th. 
be sure to check out our ensemble social media accounts tomorrow for some special highlights from our senior awards parade. That's it. Episode five is in the books. Yay. Thanks for listening. I just picture all you guys floating around so slow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like little blimps at the sky. It's like, oh, there you go. But I do, I do think Sarah would do it with like the most monotone face, like just like, <laughs> yep, like, like the emoji that's like the the eyes are regular and it's just a straight line now. Like, yep. That's what she looks like. My well, arms would be crossed and I would just be like. <laughs> You guys wouldn't use it for traveling. Lynn would use it to get the the, the box off the top of the shelf. Like Tim would use yeah, it, so he wouldn't have to get his ladder. Like you couldn't actually yeah. be like, oh, gotta go to the store. No, but that's, I didn't I even think of that. Like putting Christmas lights up. I, I don't understand why having a superpower has to relate to the grocery store pickup. Like, what is the? That's <laughs> all we have right now. That's all we have. Be like, oh, I got invisibility. I can go to the super uh, supermarket. Yeah, like. No, hey, hey, Lynn, look. Um, they just had in the Standard Times. Um, I don't get it. My mother does. Um, they had a picture of the New Bedford, uh, like, waterfront kind of view from 1920 and now from today to show how things have changed. Mm-hmm. You could see it yourself. We were just having the conversation, like, two days ago about how cool it would be to be able to fly above and look at different things, see <laughs> see the land. <laughs> you and your mom were talking about it? Yeah, we were. No, I, look, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think when you, from you guys getting to point A to point B, if you want to actually get that far out and have that huge, no. awesome view, it's going to take you like a 30 minute float, like, like a, a two way. No, if you're, you're flying know? straight up, if you're flying straight up right at now. 10 miles an hour, you're looking at like a 30 second float. No, I know, but you got to think yeah. distance too. You're not just going straight up. Like, oh man, I want to see what it's like from the harbor side. You just side. drive there. You're going to be there anyway. You just fly straight in the air. <laughs> what do you mean? I just, I'm not, I'm never going to go that high. So the flying. I would, I would, but is landing easy? You have to learn how to land first. I'm like stepping in roller skates. You're cool as a kid. You're good to go, man. My favorite thing too is like, if you think about the awkward scenarios from the first one, would you rather have invisibility or flight? Right? And you're just boosting out of there. <laughs> it, 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 just think about that. Think about that, but you're moving no faster than a standard Zamboni. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just like, I just put your arms and legs just dangling. That's the thing. Just like, like, just like, uh, like, a, like, like, like the whole view by your shoulders. Like, yeah, the back of your shoulders. Oh, here I go. <laughs> Oh, you'd be able to wash your windows really easily, though. I mean, think about it. It's that. like the Google. It's like when you grab the Google Street View guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna make that sound too. Would you have to do some kind of cool superhero pose to start? Like, I, just, I don't know how it works. <laughs> For ten miles per hour, you're gonna arms gonna get tired. Try to do a superhero pose. Oh. All right, are you ready you're flying at ten miles an hour. You're not doing it because you want to get somewhere quick. You just like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There was an implied method of transportation that I did not also read in that question. There's no implication of transportation. What do you Langel mean? A- was implicating transportation. <laughs> no, Langel, Langel thinks of it in terms of like, I'm still going to drive my truck around. Of course you are. No, I'm, no, no. when you're running, if you could run 100 miles per hour. You know, You'd never drive again? If you're, if I'm cool as a kitten and I don't have anything to, to take with me, I, I would get to places so quickly. No. So quickly. And always be super early. I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Like, I might even be able to run on water at that speed. Like, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> My dear friends, it is 11.05. There's 52 minutes of audio. Can we have Matt read the script yes. out of here? Yeah, okay. sorry. <laughs>